When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn Hour 2. Going to get into a lot of NFL talk. Get us ready for the divisional playoffs round two of the NFL playoffs excited that my Texans are still in it upstart Packers too. some good games on Saturday get some games on Sunday we're not expecting to see some teams that you know maybe the Buccaneers versus Lions both those teams looking for some playoff success as well it's gonna be a good uh good weekend of football and that uh that's why we get into this. Uh, this is why the text line, the poll of the day today, 512-447-3776. We are asking you, what is your go-to game day meal? When you're watching, because I'll be watching Texas basketball starting at 11 a.m. I'll have to I'll basketball on, and I'll have probably two or three TVs set up, and I'll be watching basketball and be watching different games around, uh, around the league. In basketball, I'll be checking out, of course, my Texans in the, the playoffs, watch all that. There's UFC fight. Who knows? May go out and go check out the UFC fight somewhere, too. Some good fights there. But a lot of a lot of sports all day long. May just hunker down in the house and eat all day. So I was asking you, what is your go-to game day meal if you're going to be eating all day? Uh, also, if you guys want to talk about any NBA or college basketball in Texas, I know it's been hot. It's been a hot topic. Texas basketball. So I know uh, some people have really harsh opinions and about you know, something that I, I don't think was as big of a deal as other people make it out to be, but that's just me. Uh, we'll get into all of that. And uh, NFL, you have any predictions uh, about the NFL playoffs, anything of that, go right ahead and send those in. Any predictions, any uh, hot takes about the NFL playoffs, send that in. Or coaching carousel, too. That is still going strong. Uh, there's always some more news kind of coming out about that over and over again uh, to reset some of the uh, college football and the Texas football news. Uh, if you missed it, uh, Amari Nyblack, the tight end from Alabama, has committed to Texas. He did that last night. Uh, Plug-and-play replacement for Jatavion Sanders. Uh, Going to be a big piece to reset there. And, you know, with Isaiah Bond and Silas Golden and uh, and uh, Matthew, Matthew Golden, and uh, it's going to be a uh, – it's definitely a – Big reset for Texas to get a lot of talent on that uh, on the offensive side. When you lost so many players uh, to the draft, it's a big reset. You keep Quinn Ewers, it's going to be a big reset for them. Uh, if you're keeping up to DeAndre Robinson, the defensive line commit for Texas that asked out of his commitment, uh, did not show up to check in early at Texas. He is now committed to Florida, where he is an Orlando guy anyway. He went to high school in Orlando. So staying in Florida, DeAndre Robinson, after Bo Davis left for LSU. Uh, Dwayne Aquina did tweet out that uh, no one had any sources on him and he's uh, he's upset or uh, he feels bad that two schools that he really does do does love uh, were having to go through this fact of when he was making his own decision that everyone was reporting where he was going to go and, and that was all hearsay and whatnot and he's staying at the 
University of Arizona and looking forward to there. Did give a hashtag hook him and a hashtag bear down. So, so Dwayne Aquinas speaks there. And uh, rumors are abound right now for the defensive line coach at Texas. The reason why they have not signed one yet is because they are waiting for the NFL playoffs or that team in the NFL playoffs to uh, be out of the playoffs so they can hire their coach from the NFL level. Uh, that was a similar story what happened with Chris Jackson when they hired him as a wide receiver coach. Uh, Rod Wright is a name that a lot of people have uh, what they are thinking may be the coach. Rod Wright, former Texas player, is the assistant defensive line coach for the Texans. That is a speculated or rumor or whatever you want to say about it. Uh, we will see, though, uh, if he becomes a name. If the Texans do not win this weekend. You may see that announcement, but if not, maybe it will be somebody else. We will see. Let's get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. Before we get back to talking some NFL, uh, some, t- some of the texts for our poll of the day, what do you do for your game day meal? Making chicken and sausage gumbo for sports watching this weekend? I like that. That does sound very good. Just eating some gumbo, and then you, you go back, and you relax, and you let it digest, and then you know when you get hungry again, just go back to that pot. Just keep it simmering there. Oh, I like that. I like that idea. Uh Wings, cocktail weenies, and charcuterie board. I'm, I'm not. I can't do the charcuterie board. It's too much work to cut it up. I'll, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to walk out with a package of Ritz in the sleeve, and then like cheese in the pack. They're all going to be in the pack. I don't need pre- presentation. I don't need the presentation because then it's going to get air. I don't. No presentation for me. I'm about functionality, not presentation. That's just me personally, though. If you want to go with presentation, and can appreciate, it. I can appreciate it. Uh, right guy from New Mexico says best game day meal for me would be a platter of pizza rolls covered in extra cheese and green chili. Then you dip it in ranch. So good. That is extra. I've done the pizza rolls, but I've never done the extra cheese and green chili. I've never done that one before. I may have to try that at some point. I like that right guy. Uh, Texas, uh, as how did the dinner go yesterday? Dinner went great. Had a fabulous time hanging out, uh, with my buddy. Uh, happy birthday to Anthony. Uh, it was a fun time. I we did I did talk sports like four minutes into it. I made off color jokes. Uh, the first beer I got was in a plastic cup because I thought uh, they maybe didn't trust me. And then I got moved up to glass. I was pretty excited about it. And then I kind of wanted to break the glass because they they moved me up, and I wanted to be like that was a bad decision. But I was an adult and didn't break glass. I, I did a good job, and you know that's <laughs> that's where my bar is. By the way, I didn't smash glass after I got a plastic cup the first time just because I thought it'd be funny. Uh, Jan says takes men basketball uh, to start bigger guards. Uh, Ace has to come off the bench. We need defense from the guard. Uh, let's play uh, play a big to protect the rim. Yeah, Ace is not going to come off the bench because he's just too good offensively. Uh, I think the the real big issue they're having is they kind of like to bring Dylan Mitchell off the bench, but you can't because he came back. So you get stuck in the position of if he can't hit threes and you have to play him at a four, and that's kind of where there there might be a lineup where they'd like to go a little bit bigger in the starting lineup. Uh, I think IT Horton, if he's able to continue shooting like he is, then you're just going to have to try and get that defensive effort up. You're playing a Baylor team this week, and we'll see if A. Smith can get out. And in reality, you know, A. Smith, it's, he can get better at that defense. He's not going to be ever be the guy he needs to be to be a shutdown defender. But if he can guard the other guy and, and play off of that and, you know, guard your secondary guy, he should be good enough to direct them where he wants them to go. And that's kind of more of what you have to learn is 
how to play around your limited skill set in the defensive end and direct them into where you want them to go and have your your defender and have a Dylan Mitchell be able to come off ball or a Shedrick or a Dylan DeSue. And then for those guys to learn how, more of how to jump and move your body kind of out of the way and try and get the block uh, and not create so much body contact because uh, you're just they're not getting that call this year. They're not getting that call. Uh, Tech says, uh, oh, another shot of running. I was shocked at how soft Shedrick is as a seven-footer, but then I saw how his coach reacted to horns down and everything made sense. I, I still don't get – like, Ronnie Terry was wrong for the horns down. That's okay. I'm done with I, – like, I don't think that's a long-term thing. I think he's he's feeling the stress because there's a lot of boosters and donors who the second he was hired wanted to fire him because they wanted to bring in a guy who was never going to come. They go, I got $10 million. Go get Matt Painter. And they go, well, we're not – Matt Painter doesn't want to come here. I know you just want to buy the best guy or go get Calipari. Calipari's name kept coming up. What a terrible hire that would be. And it still may happen, but I don't think it's a good hire. Uh, and Shedrick, again, you know, he's been at Texas for a few months now. He, he started at Virginia. Uh, so you can also say that Tony Bennett was soft. Another guy that was mentioned earlier. Tony Bennett is a soft coach then, too, if you want to go with that. The reality is he's not so much soft. He just keeps putting his hand out. He puts his left hand out when he, and he, so he fouls a lot there. Uh, and then, yeah, he's got back spasms. He's got back problems. But, you know, if you just want to hate the players, if you want to hate the students, and you may not be a Texas fan, so that may be it too. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. But uh, Locksmith Ryan says, TJ Ford or Royal Ivy would be good hires for Texas or maybe a former player. Uh, I think Royal Ivy, he was in the conversation last year for sure. Uh, and then the Nets really tried to lock him down. But he's been in the conversation a few times for the coaching job. And assistant, I, I, I'd be very much on board of trying to get him in. I think he's a great coach, uh, a great defensive coach as well. Uh, I'd be very good with uh, Royal Ivy. Uh, again, I'm not trying to move on from RT after uh, losing a couple games. I know everybody else is, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, we get go-to meal. Jameson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not a Jameson guy. I've drank too much of it uh, too many times that I'm, I'm a Jack Daniels guy myself. That's what I go with. I drink a lot of Jack Daniels. JMO seems to get me sicker uh, if I drink, you know, half a bottle of it at once. But that's just me. <laughs> Texas Totino's frozen pizza and Coke been my go-to since a kid watching the Oilers. That's solid. I you can step up from Totino. I'm like I like Totino's, but that's Totino's is the come home and you're like there's nothing here. You know, there's Uber Eats. I'm, I'm going to go get, I'm going to get better pizza rolls in Totino's. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not with you. I'm not against you. And I'm also probably going to have a beer instead of a Coke. But that's, again, just me to each their own. Uh, I, I do appreciate, though, if you were watching it with the Oilers and that's still what you're going to, I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Six-hour mesquite smoke chicken, spicy red beans, firing up the smoker mid-morning tomorrow, falls off the bones. I like it. I'm not. I don't spend that amount of time though. I'm not a. I'm not a smoker guy. That's not. That's too much patience. I don't. I. I lack patience. I want it now. I want it now. I want to get my food and eat it now. But I appreciate that. Keep it coming on the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Let's get to some NFL talk. Uh, this is kind of college and NFL. I just. It's hilarious to me. Uh, Bill O'Brien has been hired as the offensive coordinator of Ohio State. Uh, he seems to be having diminishing returns at everywhere he's going. I, I don't know. I get, you know, he's in NFL, but he did not recruit well at Alabama either. We know he did okay at Penn State. When he was a head coach at Penn State, that's where he gets the Texans job from. 
He goes from Penn State to Houston, has some decent success in Houston. He has some success there. Then it all starts to fall apart. He gets too big for his britches. You know, as Rod would say, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, you know, he forces Rick Smith out because his wife has cancer and he's trying to deal with, he's trying to spend time with his wife. And so he says he's not there enough. So he gets him forced out. You know, he trades DeAndre Hopkins because he's, he's, uh, you know, he has too many baby mamas around the team. We know what he's, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan. He trades away. You know, he gets David, what, David Johnson back. It's just, and it just goes downhill for him there. He ends up going to Alabama in the coaching car wash. It's the biggest failure of Nick Saban's coaching car wash that they basically had to hope that the Patriots hired him away so they didn't have to fire him. So he goes to the Patriots. That Patriots offense was not good at all this year. And I know that part of that is, you know, the quarterback play, but Mac Jones had done okay before, and Bill Bill O'Brien, who had gotten decent play out of different quarterbacks before with the Texans, wasn't able to do anything there. He now ends up at Ohio State as the offensive coordinator, Ryan Day, saying he might go away from play calling. I just don't know if that's the hire that I would go for. Like, I get experience, but sometimes, man, try and go get something youth and some, some ideas and different things instead of just going back to, well, here's another guy. I mean, maybe he yells at players as much as Urban Meyer did. You're bringing him in for that. That's maybe it. But I, I, not a hire that I would have made if I was Ohio State. But for Ryan Day, another reason why I do not think Ryan Day is the coach of the year. But that's just me. That's just me. Uh, let's get into some uh, playoff talk real quick. Uh, the Texans are taking on the Ravens. It is going to be a great game. Ravens nine and a half point favorites in this game. And everything I see about it and everyone talking about it, the Ravens look like, you know, people that follow the Texans, people that follow the Ravens. They, I, I, Ravens are definitely the favorite in this game. I don't know a two-score favorite, though. This Texans team matches up pretty well against the, the, the Ravens. The Texans have a run defense that will match up pretty well against the Texans. The Ravens pass defense, and they lead the league in sacks, is going to be a problem for C.J. Stroud. The reality for the Texans is you need your guys like Amechi or uh, Dalton, uh, Dalton Schultz. Those types of players need to make those catches. When C.J. Stroud just tries to check out and just get the ball out quick, because you're going to have to keep getting the ball out quick. You're going to have to be able to move C.J. Stroud around a little bit in that backfield, move the pocket, trying to move some time to give C.J. Stroud a little bit of an ability to try and take those shots to Nico Collins downfield when the pass rush of the Baltimore comes in. When you realize you have those one-on-ones with Nico Collins, you're going to have to be able to do that. But if those guys like Robert Woods and Meiji and, and Schultz can make catches – and can help out if Singletary has a big game running the ball where he's been playing a lot better. This is a game where Texans should be in it, and if you're in it, there's a chance you can win. I think that's for the Texans what you're really trying to do in this game is let's just be in it. And again, we look at it against, you know, Texans lost some games they shouldn't have lost this year. Against winning records, both teams are 8-4. and four. So against teams above 500, both teams win 8-4. and four. I don't think this is as big of a mismatch as some are saying, uh, it is for the Ravens. They are the better team. They have the more talent. They have the experience, all of those things. But I wouldn't say this is so far out of the realm. I have them at least covering the 9.5 for the Texans. I, I just don't see it that way. I think the Texans have a lot of ability. It, it's you know I think the fact you, you for the Ravens, it's probably good to get healthier and get that week off. For the Texans, it was better to go get a playoff win under your belt against a beatable Browns team to give you a little bit more confidence. I think both teams are walking into this pretty well off. It should be an entertaining game on the fact that I think everything is kind of working out in a positive way for both of these teams right now. But yeah, it's going to be can the Texans, who brought pressure on uh, Baltimore in week one and got four sacks in Lamar Jackson week one, can they keep 
Lamar Jackson in front of them while bringing pressure and throw him off his game and make him try and make decisions, make him lose a little bit of confidence in this game. You know, he hasn't been good in playoff games. Now, he's played better this season, uh, and, you know, the offense has looked better than it's looked in a lot of years. So I I don't know if you're, you know, it's going to be harder to get to him and get to him mentally, but maybe if you get him a couple sacks, maybe get him to have a turnover or, you know, get a – a three and out somewhere in there. Maybe you can get to him a little bit more, but it's going to be a it's going to be an uphill battle for the Texans going on the road. Uh, but I, I think they can stay in this. I think they can stay in it. If you stay in it, it gives you a chance to win it. Packers are at the 49ers. This one is a little bit harder. The Packers should be able to make an effort against them, but this is a matchup again where the 49ers, so the matchup of the Texans and the Ravens, there are some benefits for the Texans in that. The Texans do have some some abilities that kind of hinder what the tech, what the Ravens do. They don't give up a ton of sacks to CJ Stroud because CJ Stroud's pretty good at getting the ball out. They have a pretty good offensive line. They uh, the Texans have a good run defense, so they are going to make Lamar Jackson have to throw the ball more, which he's doing well this season. But that's what he's got to do. He's got to put up 250, 300 yards passing in this game. Can he do that? Can the receivers go out there? Can Stingley play a good game and slow them down? Whereas the 49ers and Packers want to do kind of similar things. They want to move the ball around. Matt LaFleur comes from the same tree as Kyle Shanahan, so he may not have the same luck uh, game planning as he did against Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, who didn't really see what the Packers were going to do coming. I think Kyle Shanahan's having a much better idea of what Matt LaFleur is planning. Uh, so I think this is one for the 49ers, where again, I think I don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily, but I think later in the game in the fourth quarter, you could see the 49ers pull away in this one. They just have way more talent on that team, uh, and if you say the coaching tree on both of those teams is from the same mold, uh, they're both they understand kind of what they do. It should make it an interesting matchup of two guys trying to guess the other moves ahead of them. But I will put the Packers, uh, I'll put the 49ers to be able to cover that one at nine and a half there as well. On uh, Sunday, we get the Buccaneers at the Lions, six and a half point favorites for the Lions. Uh, the second half for the Lions has been a struggle. Uh, that pass rush kind of dies down a little bit in the second half. Aiden Hutchinson is not able to get to the quarterback. Teams kind of figure out the way to zone block and, and get around on him a little bit more. And it gives you it gives you a little bit more time for a Baker Mayfield who is coming off and playing some of the best football of his career right now. I don't know if it's going to be enough to take out the Lions, but this is a coin toss game to me. I, I don't have it at six and a half. The Lions have a better team, but this what Todd Bowles has his defense doing right now against – a Jared Goff who may, you know, is playing well, but hasn't stepped up in that next level of quarterback. This is a game the Tampa Bay has a real shot in uh, to pull a huge upset against the Lions. I'm going to give it to the Lions simply on that home field advantage. That 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 Superdome is going to be nuts. That it was nuts last week. I'll give them the home field that they're able to pull this one out. But uh, but but Craig, Baker Mayfield, this is a chance for him to really solidify himself as. A, you know, a quarterback that was not, you know, this is what both quarterbacks in this game were considered busted points. Both quarterbacks are number one overall picks who didn't work out with their original team. People hate, people don't think, you know, people will always discredit both of them and both have a great opportunity in this game uh, to show people what they still have to offer. And uh, finally, the Chiefs and the Bills. Bills are two and a half point favorites in this game. And unfortunately for Bills fans, I just don't. I just don't see. It. I think once we get Rasheed Rice playing the way he's playing right now, and you give Patrick Mahomes one more target, uh, and Pacheco's running the ball well enough, I don't know if this really beat up Bills defense is going to be able to hold it. 
I just think Patrick Mahomes is going to go in there and envy and enjoy the fact of uh, and just really embrace being a villain in Buffalo. And, and, you know, this seems like one where Josh Allen's going to do everything he can, and that might lead to turnovers. He didn't have the turnovers last week. I don't know if he can play that same way in ball control against a really good Chiefs defense. I think the turnovers are going to kill the Bills in this one, and the Chiefs will win. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more of the text line, 512-447-3776. Throw in your takes. You can still tell me I'm wrong about RT, and I'll still argue that I am right about RT. I want to hear your NFL playoff predictions, if you've got any there. And uh, any more game day meals, anything you got any of that, anything else you want to talk about, NBA as well, send that stuff in, 512-447-3776. is the text line. We'll come back, hit that up. Uh, and keep on doing with the NFL talk here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the 512 Friday. We play local music. You can go check out around town this weekend. This is Ruby Dice. She is playing Saturday at the Skylark Lounge. So go check out Ruby Dice at the Skylark Lounge on Saturday. All right. Text line still open. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Get back to that here and play some other sound in a minute. Uh, Texter says... Uh, one of those can't criticize college players, guys, huh? These guys want to see at the big boys' table. They deserve to take the criticism. I agree with you. They deserve to take the criticism. I just think it was a bad critique that you wanted to take a shot at RT and a guy who's played through two injuries this season and continues to try and go out there and play until the coaches pull him out of games because he's unable to play due to pain is is not a soft guy. That's why I think it's that's why I don't like it is because I think you're just trying to take a shot at RT because you don't like him. And it's fine. You don't have to like RT. But again, show me things. 
where you say, well, this team's shooting is actually one of the best shooting teams in the country, and this team is actually pretty good in a lot of statistical abilities and categories. They're just they're a little bit off. They're not as far off as everybody puts them to be because you guys aren't watching enough other college football or college basketball to watch a lot of the game and go, okay, I see what's happening in the in the game, and this is and we're not that far off, but we do need to fix a lot of problems, and there's time to do it. We need to fix those problems. And if he doesn't, and if they don't make the NIT, guess what? I'm fine. Then RT wasn't the guy. I don't think that'll happen, and maybe I'll be wrong. But all of you guys that have hated him from the day he took over from Chris Beard, and you want to sign some coach that wasn't going to come to Texas anyway, that's where I have the problem. But no, I'm not a you can't criticize. I criticize players in college constantly. I do it on my show. I talk about sports for two hours a day, five days a week. That's 10 hours a day that I talk about sports. We talk about college, probably at least half of that. So I talk about college players and criticize them plenty. It's not that. I just don't believe a guy that I've seen wincing in pain and falling down and getting up and continuing to play through pain, I would label as soft just to take a shot at a coach who is under a lot of pressure. Now, what he did was wrong. Not trying to defend what he did. Uh, but at the same part, I've also seen a ton of grown men get into fist fights over the horns down to and so I, I, I think it's stupid. I don't care about the horns down anymore. It's, it's a mild annoyance at best for me. But I get why it could be annoying when they're trying to start fights. Uh, something tells me Green Bay can upset San Francisco. They're playing very good lately. I think they can. I just don't. The matchup itself does not favor Green Bay the way I, I see it. And I think the you know the what Lafleur was able to do against Dan Quinn, I don't think necessarily matches up the same against a Kyle Shanahan team where they know the same stuff. Like he watches it and he goes, "Oh yeah, I know that. We've talked about that play before. We've done like they've come up enough together that I think there's a little bit more." Uh, I you know, I do think that they've drafted very well, and this is going to be a team that could be a problem for several years to come. I definitely think that as well. Uh, man, Chan says. Uh, why is everyone hating on RT after half a year? We had eight years of underperforming with Shaka. Let's keep supporting the Texas basketball part. They didn't like Shaka either, and they wanted to fire. It, I get it. I get that there's a Texas thing of you want to be the best, and we should spend the most money to get the best guy. It just doesn't necessarily work like that in college basketball. Uh, it's just not – it doesn't necessarily work that way. It, it's not quite the same as some other sports. But, it, it you know, that, that's my opinion as well. But that's why I'm here talking about it, and you guys can text in, and I'll, I'll, I'll read your text. I'll keep trying to go with you guys. You know, I'd rather have the debate about it and come out of it. And if, if I'm right, I'm right. And if you're right, you're right. And we'll, you know, you can text in at the end of the season and say, well, man, what do you think now? And I'll tell you what I think then too. But that's, it's what I'm going to tell you right now is I, I think that there's a lot of overreaction because people just genuinely went into the season thinking, well, we're screwed because we got a coach who's not, who hasn't been to a final four. I mean, he took the team to Elite Eight last year, but won't get credit for that either. Uh, Chan also says, Ravens offensively will not be in sync because of the additional week's rest. Ravens will not cover the nine and a half. Houston needs to play a keep away from Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't see them covering it, Chan. I'm with you on that one. Uh, but that's why they play the game. And being a Houston football fan, whew, I'm not going to put too much. I'm happy for the Texans to be there. Uh, it is a great accomplishment to have, you know, Everyone had them predicted to have the worst record in the NFL again this season. So uh, very, very good 
to be able to be in the second week of the playoffs. I want to play you some sound, though, talking about the Texans from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie this morning. Rob Baber is breaking down some more of the Texans matchup. Another reason for you to believe a little bit more in this Texans team here on a Hook'em Up replay on the Sports Complex. All right, let's uh, talk about this Texans-Ravens matchup a little bit more. Uh, we've been uh, breaking it down all uh, all week long, pretty much. And, you know, one of the things that's most interesting about this matchup, they played earlier on in the season, but very different teams. I mean, the Texans were a different team then because they had a rookie head coach with a rookie play caller, uh, first-time play caller, rookie quarterback. I mean, it's just they hadn't really found uh, their brand of football, their identity yet. They still actually played the Ravens pretty well in that first game. Uh, you go look at it, Lamar Jackson – only he was 17 to 22, but for only 169 yards, he did not throw a lot of vertical shots down the field. Now that was his first game in the brand new Todd Munkin offense. Got to keep that in mind too. They've all gotten a lot better, a lot more comfortable in that Todd Munkin spread offense they're running. But he did have a pick, lost one or two fumbles, uh, took four sacks in that game, um, and had six rushes for 38 yards. One thing D'Amico Ryan did a good job of uh, was making sure that he forced. Lamar Jackson to declare. They forced him to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, and I said this earlier, you know, the toughest thing about defending Lamar Jackson is you're defending three uh, plays in one. Uh, you not only have to defend the initial play, right, whatever that is, you have to defend the initial play, whatever they call, uh, but if it is a pass play with Lamar Jackson dropping back, then you have to defend the second reaction play potentially. If he's, you know, uh, obviously everything is covered, let's say you did call a good defense, the second reaction play usually it's a scramble drill. He's getting outside the pocket, scrambling to throw. Um, and when that plays, let's say you do defend the scramble drill really well, and kudos to you if you can defend that, then you got to defend him as a runner. And he's probably the most elite runners in the history of the NFL, um, and especially as a dual-threat quarterback. It, you're not going to be able to defend all three of those elements. So the best thing to do is force him to declare, and you do that by being aggressive. You can either keep him the po- keep him in the pocket, force him to get rid of the football quickly. You do that with a blitz and with pressure. Uh, if you are going to allow him to get outside the pocket, you flush him uh, by overloading one side, flush him one way or the other. Then you know exactly where he's going. The problem with Lamar Jackson is unpredictability. He's unpredictable. You have no idea where he's going to be. Defenses are built around uh, having a a fixated point to attack (laughs) and knowing where they're going to attack. He changes all that up. He forces your defense to have to be malleable and move on the fly, and that's why I think the blitz is going to be key for the Texans in this game. Now, the Texans don't blitz a lot. Now, there are – Bottom five uh, blitz rate in the NFL. They don't blitz a lot. They don't disguise a lot. But I think you could get both in this game versus the Ravens. And the beauty of the blitz is once you blitz, you force, you force him to have to declare. He's not going to be able to keep a play alive if you blitz. If you blitz him in the pocket, he's getting rid of the football quickly. That's a hot read for him. If you blitz him and force him outside of the pocket, he's usually going to become a scrambler quickly. He's just going to become a runner. He's not going to extend the play and, and, and throw to run, scramble to throw. He's not going to do that. He's just going to run. So I think you blitz him, force him to declare immediately. Uh, there were 12 passes. Compl- I think you go look at the uh, – here it is. Uh, D'Amico Ryan, he sent six or more rushers at Lamar Jackson five times in week one. All right, Blitz is at least five rushers. He sent, him, he sent six or more rushers five times. Uh, it was only one of four games with uh, more than two such blitzes. So 
the Texans don't blitz a lot, and they definitely don't send six or more rushes a lot. Uh, they pressured on four out of five dropbacks, uh, and they forced an inter- interception on one of those plays. Uh, there were no sacks on any of those plays. They did get four sacks in the game, but none of those sacks came when they sent six rushers, but it forced Lamar Jackson to make a decision quickly, to get the ball out of his hands or to become a runner quickly. So in uh, four of the five dropbacks, uh, they pressured him, and then they forced an interception. I think that's important now. When the Texans send six or more rushers uh, during the season, which they don't do a lot, they only did it on 42 snaps total the entire season, second-best pressure rate in the NFL on those blitzes, 66 67% basically round up, uh, but just 26th highest sack rate. So they don't get home a lot. They don't sack uh, Lamar Jackson a lot. They did get four sacks, like I said, in that game. I think you can get sacks organically against Lamar Jackson but I think what's more important is to force him to make a decision to declare so that you don't have to defend three different plays in one. And against the Blitz, Lamar Jackson, 29th out of 42 uh, eligible uh, uh, quarterbacks. He's 29th out of 42 in the EPA per dropback against six or more rushers. And he's 36th in pass rating, 24th in success rate against heavy Blitz teams. So he's not great against the Blitz. He's the MVP. He's going to make plays. But I want him to make a decision quickly. I want him to declare um, uh, faster as a quarterback so that we don't have to defend all those different plays. Now, like I said, the Texans do not blitz a lot. Bottom five blitz rate in the NFL. But and Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Reno Williams, Cardi B size, making the second size. But you got to break tendency to win big games. He did that against the Browns. The, the Texans usually disguise coverages, rotate from single high to two high, from two high to single high. Uh, less than 20% of their snaps in that game versus the Cleveland Browns, you were over 45% of your snaps you were disguising. They usually don't uh, shadow Derek Stingley a lot. They shadow Derek Stingley to Amari Cooper over 70% of the time. That was the most shadow, the highest shadow rate most shadow snaps he had all season long. So he's going to break tendency, and I think it'll be with the Blitz because they don't do it a lot. But as you, as I just told you and broke down, it's been really effective, and I think it's the best way for the Texans to avoid the, uh, like I said, the, the multitude of problems <laughs> that this dude is going to present to you because he is just – he's a monster. And the Texans, when they Blitz – Six plus rushers, 69 is the uh, passer rating allowed. That's really good. Fifth best passer rating allowed when they blitz six or more rushers. And quarterbacks only complete 54% of their passes when the Texans blitz six or more rushers. I think that might be the key. And that, for, that game one that they played against the Ravens, D'Amico Ryan's had a great game plan anyway. It really was. Like I said, it, it, it was the week one, so everybody's a little rusty, including the Ravens in that new offense. But he had his third lowest passer rating of the season and second lowest yardage total of the season, and he was sacked four times. Yeah, I so mean. If you can replicate that. Well, here's the number two that is favorable to the Texans. Baltimore just one and three in the playoffs under Lamar Jackson, and he's gotten sacked 19 times in those four games in the playoffs. Because against in the playoffs, you're playing the best teams, right? Mm-hmm. And they've done a good job of corralling him. His last playoff matchup was against Tennessee. Remember, they just uh, got after him um, a couple years ago. But here's a – I mean, that's a trend that Baltimore needs to change. Houston has a lot of trends to change, Rod. Yes. They've, they've never won in Baltimore. They're over their last seven trips into Baltimore. Hmm. The last six, the average score is 28 to 11. Yeah. Um, the Houston – the Texans have never played in an NFC championship game, so they've never won a divisional playoff game. And the last time a Houston professional franchise won a divisional playoff game was 1979. Wow. The Oilers That's kicked crazy. in the door. 
The Oilers love you, Blue baby. Yeah, I've got to go. I mean, this is the Houston's playing in rarefied air here if they can win this thing. Because obviously, they win, they'll go to who they'll go on the road in the AFC Championship game, play whoever wins in Buffalo. Whoever wins that game, Houston will be on the road there because they're the fourth seed. Four seed. Uh, Baltimore has all the trends here. It feels to me, but as I said earlier, to your great breakdown right there of, of getting after Lamar Jackson, he is susceptible to being sacked if you can contain him. Um, and at the same time. The you know the pressure is on Lamar Jackson here. There's I don't think there's a player in these playoffs left that has more pressure on him than Lamar Jackson. I agree because of just the uh, the narrative. I mean, it's where it is right now. He's one and three in the playoffs. He's, He's gonna have two MVPs and they're all regular season awards. Yeah, but no postseason achievements, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we compared him for a long time to Giannis in the NBA, right? Giannis was the guy that was great in the regular season with MVPs, but couldn't get through the playoffs. Well, Giannis got a championship. Giannis got him one, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where Lamar Jackson is now. And he's only 26. Yeah. That's why last year when he was available, it was so bizarre that no one was interested in him. Well, he might be regretting that now. Oh, I think so. He might be regretting that now. I think so. Um, but to your point about, he's Lamar, win. about Lamar Jackson underachieving, I gave this stat earlier, and it's, it, you have to like think about it and process it to believe it. C.J. Stroud has as many playoff wins and touchdown passes in the, in the postseason as Lamar Jackson. I repeat, C.J. Stroud already – has as many wins and touchdown passes in the playoffs as Lamar Jackson has in his career already. So to your point about him underachieving, they haven't even scored 20 points with Lamar Jackson as the starting quarterback in the playoffs. They, the, the 17 points, the most points Lamar Jackson has scored, I believe, in the playoffs, in, if I'm not mistaken. They, they, it's, it's, it's really, I'm with you, it's amazing how the playoffs they play against really good teams now they've had you remember that that bills defense was really good they played a few years ago done you talking about the tennessee titans that was dean pease he's a really good defensive coordinator i believe gus bradley uh was one of the other defensive coordinators they faced he's faced some really good dcs but it's amazing how yeah buffalo tennessee tennessee and the chargers are his four playoff games right and it's and it's they they've underachieved yeah. I, I haven't seen i gotta go back and check and see if they were favored or whatever in those games but Lamar Jackson was I – mean, he, he was an underwhelming uh, – he had an underwhelming performance. He hadn't scored over 20 points in the playoff. I think 20 points was his max, and they caught, scored 20 when they beat Tennessee in 2020. That's right. They did win that game, and he had so, the long touchdown run in that game. It was yeah. a real low-scoring game against Mike Vrabel's team. All of his games have been low-scoring in the playoffs. Yeah, and he got sacked <laughs> five times in that game. Yeah. Go back to the uh, 2019 wild card against the Chargers. He got sacked seven times. So. Uh, Buffalo, the last time he was in the playoffs in 2021, sacked him three times, intercepted him one time, and they, lost, they only scored 14 points, to your point. Obviously, that's the same kind of game Houston wants to play. Yeah, if he can, score, if he can keep him to 20 points, oh, you, that's golden. Yeah, I'd also say this for Houston. or for, for the, Lamar's got more weapons this year than he's ever had. I mean, that's the other part of that. Because you know, the argument for Lamar Jackson fans was, come on now, he's out there by himself. You've got to give him some weapons. And uh, this game he's going to have you know, Zay Flowers, who's been a, a tremendous rookie, out of Boston College, he's been their leading receiver. He's just a dynamic electric. He's kind of like Tank Dell yeah. was for Houston before yeah. he got hurt. Got Odell. You got, got Odell Beckham. Yeah. You've got uh, Mark Andrews maybe coming back. And remember, they signed Dalvin Cook, Rod. They did. Dalvin Cook is there to go with their running game and their running backs, Gus Edwards and uh, Justice Hill. So they've got some backs. Uh, and Dalvin Cook was signed when the Jets let him go, and he picked – I mean, we thought about Dallas. Should Dallas go get Dalvin Cook? Instead, Baltimore grabbed him. He's coming off the practice squad. He will be eligible or on the roster coming up on Sunday. So this will be the game, or Saturday. This will be the most weapons that Lamar Jackson has ever had in a playoff game. And the best offense game. he's played in, yes. too. Yes, Good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. We're going to come back, wrap up the show, try and hit these last text messages, and we'll be out of here on a Friday right here on The Horn, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn app and hornfm.com. 
Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. All right, we got to wrap things up here on the Horn. Uh, a couple more texts. Uh, guys, it's clarify. I like RT. Just signs are mounting that he's in over his head. Hope he turns around. I hope he does, too. I hope he does, too. I appreciate your text. And Nate says, how dare you ask me about game day food when I don't have a team to really root for anymore. Go Texas half-hearted support. Come on, Nate. Jump on board. We're all rooting for the Texans. The chance says Texans are winning, baby. Appreciate all you guys on the text line. Uh, make the show go. We'll be back on Monday to talk more about it, recap the playoffs, hopefully talk more Texans getting in and getting a big win. Hopefully talk about a big win for Texas over Baylor. We'll talk more about it when the Sports Complex returns on Monday at 4 p.m. right here on the Horn. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you back here Monday afternoon on the Sports Complex.